Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. Um, Devin and I stopped fighting to record the podcast. We took a break on a huge conversation about our friendship to record the podcast. So we took a breather. In fact, I think in like any court of the law, namely any family court, they should take like a 30 minute break to have the couples talk about their favorite TV show. And then I think that will de-escalate the tension in the room. It's similar to what Esther Perel says. She says, if you're having a fight with your partner, you should do something silly or goofy, like lie down on the ground because then you'll both like not be able to help from laughing. I don't know about anyone else, but that would be physically impossible for me when I'm in a fight with a partner. I would rather die than goof off in that moment. Like the rage that fills me, even the rage that fills me even worse when I know I'm wrong, but I'm still fighting to prove that I'm right. Imagining being like, all right, let's do something. No, no, you will not be seeing that from me. I would get so annoyed, too, if someone did that to me when I we were in what I thought was a justified fight. That would be a walk out the door situation if I was fighting with a boyfriend and he went, Baba, ba no. bamboo. I would say, OK, it's like in love is blind. Like there's so many things that a person can do during oh. a, a couple's argument that I'm like, you have committed such a federal crime in this moment. And one of them is looking at or answering a phone during a fight, i.e. Bartise when he's fighting with Nancy. And he literally just said to her, he's like, I'm sorry, but looks matter. And then she's like, well, I just wish you could love me like despite my looks or like as much as I love you because I don't even care about your looks. And he like answers the phone. He's like, yo, Matt, hey, hey, Matt. <laughs> and she just like is like, OK, like I my I, version of like you actually need to be arrested was Cole um, asking his girlfriend are you bipolar? Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I'm not on his side, but I'm no longer on Zenob's side either because I'm sorry, but 
she has not wanted to be with Cole since the second they, they were in that pool together and he started splashing around like a child. She realized in that moment, like, I actually can't spend my life with that person. And she's been trying to turn it around on him ever since. And he has not helped himself. Like, he's also been an asshole. But it's like, you don't want to be with him. And she's just trying to, like, force him to say that he's not attracted to her or something. And he's kind of being like, I don't feel that way. And she's like, well, you don't pick up your towels off the ground. <laughs> that is the funniest thing. I'm like, that's the least of Cole's problems is towels on the floor. I leave my towels on the floor. And then he's like, you leave hair everywhere. And she's like, that's where my hair goes. I was like, wait, what? Like, you're losing me, Zay. We also have to talk about Raven and how PK left her at the altar. Um. That would be SK. Um, <laughs> okay, PK is Dorit Kemsley's husband on Beverly Hills. Yep, no, continue. that was devastating. The new episodes haven't aired when we're recording this podcast. They're airing tomorrow. And the thing we were left with is that SK left Raven. And I was so devastated because I came around to Raven so hard. I was like, I know she completely ignored people while they were talking to her so she could exercise. <laughs> I know she told SK that he has to provide enough money for her and she's going to be upset if he goes to grad school because she won't have the, like, picture perfect life she imagined <laughs> that being said i was really rooting for them and then sk does that and now i'm like wait what but people are saying maybe they still stayed together they just didn't get married i don't know i don't that's a hard thing to get over i do i well, sk's mom now they yes yes to sk i know and they're I being felt in my so body. upset and then when she went to Raven and said, I love you. And Raven said, I love you too. And cried. That was really emotional. But when SK said he didn't, I literally went, what? Out loud in my living room. <laughs> because well, we thought this whole time that Raven was this like the like bombshell of the group, which she is. And that she was the one who would like Bartiz hit on her. She was like, yeah, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm just interested in my man. And SK seemed kind of along for the ride, kind of like confused, but he definitely didn't seem like he was going to say no until the moment, which made me think like you've played us all. You you came on this reality TV show to make a splash and that you did. Well, it was interesting because I, I have been watching with my <laughs> new boyfriend um, and it's one of those things where like I'm so used to reality TV and like how fucked up it is. And he's not at all. And so, like, it it comes down to the first, like, wedding scene. And he's like, now, wait, wait a second. They're they're not going to make them make the decision on the altar, are they? And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no. underestimated. <laughs> oh, yeah. This show's conceit. No. Why? You think that would be inappropriate? <laughs> oh, you think that'd be crazy for them to purchase? Because that'd be purchase? mean, right? And humiliating. <laughs> oh, is that what you're worried about? For them to purchase a wedding dress. <laughs> for them to have their families come, their their like siblings and all these, and and then he even said he's like he's like oh well now I can kind of understand why like some other why Raven's family like wouldn't want to be there because it is a little weird to have to watch your child be told on the altar whether or not someone wants to be with them like like the whole season he's been been like oh it's kind of sad these people's families like aren't going to be at their eventual wedding someday. Not like they're not going to come to this psychotic circus event where everyone <laughs> is forced to cry in on national television. He also was like, he, he said at one point during the seat, like when they first all get together on the island, he's like, he's like, but it just doesn't seem like any of them are actually happy. And I was like, right, that's the fucking point. Like, no, 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 it's not like, it's not, you know, I don't happy know if they're ending. ready to get married. No, that's the whole thing. They're not really there for that. No, so it is crazy. And then they leave us on the cliffhanger of whether Bartise is going to 
humiliate Nancy in a Which catastrophic way or in a absolutely apocalyptic way. We don't know how awful it's going to be yet. The person I'm worried about the most is Alexa and Brennan, who, of, of course, are the couple that actually seem really happy and really are very romantic. But in the preview to come, I'm scared. It looks dicey. If they don't stay together, then I'll just give up on this whole enterprise <laughs> until next but season. I really um, won't think that love is blind. No, I'm going to start believing that love is actually sighted. It's actually sight based um, if this if they don't stay together. No, but I think they will. But but God only knows. And, you know, it's really like it's all starting to blur together because today someone texted me like, oh, is there a Bachelor in Paradise reunion? And I'm like trying to think back on previous seasons. But now I'm like, okay, well, now Bachelor in Paradise is using tools from Love Island and Married at First Sight right. is now being co-opted by Love is Blind. I'm just like, which is which? Which has a reunion? Which doesn't? Which is the most devastating? Which is the most exploitative? I don't really know anymore. But I will be watching all of them and seeing them through until the until the finishing touches, you know? This season of Bachelor in Paradise, I was um, recovering from a surgery, so not doing a lot. So I did do a deep dive of Bachelor in Paradise. I followed all the spoilers accounts. I know what happens. It's all pretty good. There is going to be a reunion. It's going to be a spicy. People have broken up since the show. Shocker. And they've gotten together with other Bachelor contestants that weren't on the show. So really, it's great. It was a necessary hobby for me. For instance, I watched The Bachelor last Bachelor in Paradise last night, not knowing if we were going to discuss it today. But I just simply needed it in my life. And my favorite part of the new episodes is that Katie, who is the obnoxious girl that unfortunately is getting pummeled online for being such a dud. She has that substitute teacher voice and she's like 33, but like is giving like cougar energy somehow. She went on the date with, um, I want to say Rambo, but, um, Hayden, Hayden, because he has his dog Rambo. The date is obviously awful, but I think just for screen time, she starts creating a, like, wh- who should I pick, Hayden or Logan? There's a whole montage of her talking to the other girls about how poor Logan is. And she's like, he lives with two men. We are seven years apart. There's just a series of shots of her going to the girls in the house. And at one point, she repeats, my sister in Christ, I am 33 years old. My sister in Christ, I am 33. Which I'm like, you say that once, it's kind of funny. You say that five times, like you need a new personality. And then she does, you know, before the ceremonies, she does the thing where she sits with Hayden being like, um, I'm sure it was like very crazy for you to see me kissing Logan yesterday. I totally understand. Well, I got something for you. She got him a tennis ball for Rambo. <laughs> I was like, I, I, 27 I think- cents. That's what the retail value is of that. Get me 27 nothing. Cents. Get me nothing. If you're going to get me a tennis ball for my dog, I mean, honestly, that's like his whole personality. So I'm sure he was thrilled. But then when she gives Logan the rose, this was talk about substitute teacher energy. She was like, Logan. And he comes up. Most people say stuff like, um, you know, Genevieve to Aaron was like, you're everything I've been looking for and more. Like, that's very conventional. And what people say, like, I am so grateful to have found the woman that I think is for me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Will you take this rose? Of course I will. You know I will. Katie calls up Logan. Logan, I'm going to need more from you. Can you do that? Are you ready to give me that? He looks like he is in front of class. He's like, yes. <laughs> I, was, I was so embarrassed for him. 
he was like, I don't know. I feel shitty. I, I, I don't like this. She's the Miss Trunchable of Paradise Island. She's, She's literally about to force him to eat a fucking chocolate cake and then swing him around by his pigtails. Scariest movie of all time, by the it way. Remember the so closet scary. with the knives? Closet I know. with knives. For a lot of people, that was a reality, a.k.a. Paris Hilton in her abusive boarding that's school. True. Anyway. That's true. As Lisa Rinna will, will point out to you on her Instagram stories. And as she should, because someone's got to do it. And I've been <laughs> trying to say that Kathy overlooked her daughter's abuse in boarding school and no one wanted to listen. Anyway. The point being, yeah, that was nightmare-ish. On the one hand, I do understand where she's coming from. It's like, if you are a woman who is seven years older than your male partner, like, I'm sorry, but I actually don't understand that in the sense that, like, that is not for me. You do know that I had a crush on someone who was eight years, maybe nine years younger than me all summer, but I can't comprehend it only because, like, I did have the experience of, like, dating I've never dated someone younger than me. I have dated someone who was exactly my age. And it was like dating a kindergarten student. Like not only did he have a roommate, but he had hazard it. One one time when I came in his bedroom, it was always so fucking messy. There was like, it's like, okay, now there's an open Cheerios box on the ground. Okay. One time I came in, there was a hazardous waste bin on the floor. Okay. I can't do this. And I don't want to be the type of person who's like, I can't date a man with a roommate. But like, I can't. And yes, I have a roommate and I have for many years, but I do expect more from the men that I date. That being said, would I chose Hayden over Logan? No, I would choose neither of them, but I probably would choose Logan just because I don't want to hear about Rambo and I think Hayden's an incel. But yeah, that that was crazy. If, if the choice was who to hook up with over summer, it's Logan. If the choice is like, OK, I kind of need a guy to pay my rent. I guess it's Hayden. No, but he would hold it over your head. You know he would. I mean, he would, like, ugh, I, I don't even know. I don't even want to know the depths of what Hayden is capable of. He probably does have a mistrunchable closet in his house. Maybe he's the one who's going to make me eat chocolate cake. I actually saw, I was watching this show, actually, that's really good on AMC. Well, it's an old show called The Terror. And basically, like, there's, like, an evil animal. Okay, no spoilers, but there's an evil animal on the loose, and he attacks someone, and the guy has half his brain showing and the first thing i i'm watching a serious show i'm trying to focus no phones out no anything and the first thing i thought was wonder if that's what rambo looks like because (laughs) half his brain was out and i was like that's what hayden's been talking about this whole time that's what his dog looks like alone in a crate with no one to take care of him because hayden's been off on paradise island and often dating shows la quinta resorts you know yeah i like he was like did i compare my ex's breasts to the girls i don't know i don't know if i did i don't remember (laughs) It's like, no, we have video footage. I can't say no. <laughs> Maybe I did. I don't know. We are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about another show in our rotation called A Winter House. Please stay tuned. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Devin and I, whenever we text, we'll casually mention that one of us happens to be watching Winter House. Which, it's been an interesting season because a encounter that was in the moral gray occurred. So, um, Winter House is a really confusing concept for a show. It's about um, multiple semi-hot people getting drunk in a house in Vermont together. And all of them have some sort of romantic history. So, it's obviously, like, uh, many layers. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting. They had an event at BravoCon and it was called Charm House Rules. And so it was it was Southern Charm, Winter House and Vanderpump Rules. And so I'm I guess that's like the class of shows. It's like there's Below Deck, Below Deck, there's Real Housewives, there's Married to Medicine and then there's Charm House Rules. And what I would say about the Charm House Rules segment of the show is it's the least aspirational, <laughs> but the most dramatic. Well, that's not even true because like Housewives has crazy drama. Yeah, too, I wasn't gonna, they, they don't have anything over Housewives. The most trash, I guess. The trash. trash. You know what? It's, trash. The Jer- it's the Jersey Shore mm. of Bravo. As someone who is on season five of Southern Charm, I will say that I agree. Least aspirational, trashiest. And it's weird how they're like bringing now. OK, so now on this season of Winter House, you've got people from Southern Charm people from summer house and now they've just brought in people from vanderpump, vanderpump rules. rules which is a show that i do not watch so i immediately was like i think i know who these people are i do not though and i don't know why they're so close 
One of them seems to be in a failing marriage. Obviously, that's like something that everyone knows about. So there's a character named Luke Gulbrunson who has a quality that some men have where he is the most attractive and least attractive man in the house. And I think this is an interesting thing that can happen. You can see someone who you're like, oh, wow, you're really attractive. And then they open their mouth and you're like, I am going to make fun of you. Yeah. Behind your back with the rest of the house. And that's sort of Luke's role where he he did like my favorite thing, which I think encapsulates him is he's talking to this really hot new girl, Jessica Stalker, who um, does uh, sell real estate. Wait, is that her last name? Stalker. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and um, he's like, well, I was working on this. I just went to a premiere of this movie um, that I was in um, that. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, oh, you were in a movie. And he's like, yeah, well, I produced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I produced it too. Yeah. I was in that movie as well. So he um, kind of goes after her. They're in a hot tub together. She tells him she's into him. And then he just comes on way too strong and is like massaging her, putting his hand on her leg. And I think there's a few things at play here. One of which is that she grew up in a super Christian household. So she was like, oh, I would never even kiss on the first date. The other, which is that he is the kind of guy who thinks because he's attractive that their doors will just open for him. So he just like has no problem touching her. But she's not reciprocating it like in the moment. And it's really dark. And finally, Craig, who is full blown alcoholic, like freaks out. And when then when Luke touches Craig's girlfriend, Paige's hair, Craig says, I'm going to throw you out of the fucking window. And Luke goes, you think you're God, dude, you're not God, which I was like, that's what you say when you don't like know what to say in an argument, I guess. And you're like a man. Um And then Luke calls his sister, which I thought was so funny because it's like clearly 4 a.m. And so she like answers and she's like, hello. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And She's like sleeping. And he's like, "Okay," like basically kind of hints like I think like people are saying like I made girls feel uncomfortable. But um, it was interesting to watch because I do think it was in that gray area. But obviously, like, Jessica was really upset and, like, cried because I think she was embarrassed. And it was just one of those weird situations where, and the girls talked about it, where Jessica was saying, like, I think because I said I was into him, it gave him this green light. And Paige was like, yeah, like, you can't change your mind. Sort of like, oh, you allowed this to happen. Yeah. I want to completely take a tangent from here because I feel like even though this has actually maybe some important themes, I need to talk about the fact that on a Bravo podcast, Giselle Bryant and I believe Robin talked about how at BravoCon um, they saw a summer house cast member walk into the public bathrooms barefoot. It had to have been Luke, right? It was Amanda. (gasps) (laughs) What? Amanda has really heartbroken me this season as she has every season prior because the past several seasons, it's been like the enraging and depressing thing of like, why is she with Kyle? She clearly hates him and he's a raging alcoholic and she's miserable, but she's still going to marry him anyway. And then this season opens up with like them being like, we're actually more in love than ever. Like marriage fixed us. Where have I seen that before? Actually on Vanderpump Rules when Tom Schwartz (laughs) married Katie and they hated each other and they didn't have sex for years. And then she forced Wait, him really? To, yes. And then she forced him to propose and they like got married. And then they did this whole thing where they were like, now that we're married, things are actually like so much better. And now they're getting divorced. It's like, that's what Amanda and Kyle were doing. But then it's like, it just seems like now she's just started drinking as much as he does or something to try to like deal with the fact. And then Paige now has 
complaints about Craig's drinking and Amanda is so overjoyed. It's like she's not being a friend. She's not just listening and being like, oh, like like when they do the flashbacks where Paige is like, okay, if you're not happy, like that's okay. And we can talk about that. Like that's someone being an actual friend. Amanda is being like, oh my God, this is basically Craig is just like Kyle. Like I get it. Like that's men. And that's exactly how Kyle is. We're the same, right? And Paige is becoming so slowly depressed. Like imagine how depressing that would be if someone was like, oh, you're a boyfriend. He's actually just like Kyle. I'd be like, <laughs> that um, is really depressing. I'll never recover. It's um, I, I think Paige and Craig's relationship is fascinating because Craig and I saw this with Naomi when he was with her on Southern Charm really loves the women he's with. He's just a mess. He's a mess of a human being. He is definitely an alcoholic. He was like admitted to being an Adderall addict that I guess he doesn't take Adderall anymore and was like hiding it, you know, in the house when he was with Naomi. But he is an aggressor and like will randomly like pick fights with people. And Paige just watches with like her mouth shut. It's like Courtney and Scott in the early seasons for the Kardashians. Like if you're going to date someone, was like absolutely a loose cannon you are not with them if you cannot handle confrontation yeah one thousand percent at least amanda will be like kyle stop stop and Paige just stares with like the most conflict averse face i've ever seen as like him and sierra are getting into a fight i know and she's like at the beginning of the season, they were saying, oh, we've never spent this much time together. It's going to be 17 days in a row. And he's like, I'm so excited. And then it cuts to her confessional. And she's like, I'm absolutely terrified. Like she knew that he was going to be too much for her for 17 days straight. And honestly, that's a bad sign for a relationship. Oh, but a horrible sign, especially when you're new, especially when you're new. And yeah, like you've never even spent that much time together. It's also like the summer house, winter house, Vanderpump rules. The Charm House Rules Universe is a progressive illness. Like, it's gotten yeah, so much worse. True. They can't keep the house clean anymore. They had guests coming and they were just like, sorry, the house is a complete shithole. Like, we just couldn't do anything about it. And it's like, what? Like, no one could clean. I know that Jason is like the only one who tries to clean, but it's just dark. Andy, when he came to the Hamptons house, was like, the smell of your house, like, has stayed with me. Which it's is like disgusting. Filth. It, they're living in filth. It makes me want to like crawl into bed watching the show. Like I do, I'm like, I just want to be safe. Like I don't feel safe. Here. <laughs> Something that was also, as you said, progressive and tragic was I watched a clip of Amanda on Watch What Happens Live and they were doing like listeners questions. And one of them was like, Amanda, now that Kyle is turning 40, do you think he'll be sick of the summer house? And I was like, now that Kyle is turning 40, yep. now that Kyle is turning 40, like... <laughs> Listen, he's lodged a business. He's done more than I've had. He has like a business under his name, but he is like a clown. He's a live clown and he has a fucking mullet now because people have made it seem like mullets are okay. He actually does look better this season compared to Craig. And that is saying a lot against Craig. I know. But it's also just like, wait, what are these people doing? Like they're having these intense theme parties. Like if I was them, I'd be like, guys. We all rented a house. We don't have to dress up like we don't have to have a theme. Why can't we just all eat dinner and like go? <laughs> I think the show pushes for them to do it because they know that like, OK, now we're going to see you guys party. OK, we need to see you guys play like a questions game. And the questions game made no sense to me. I was like, wait, what's happening? I actually tuned out and then Carolina referenced something. And I was like, oh, the questions game. I was like on my phone doing like fucking brick breaker at that point. So there's also this kind of like 
he seems like very much like a Gen Xer. His name is Corey Kiefer. I'm clicking on his picture. What the hell is going on there? This is so, Craig's Craig's frat bro from college. He is. Listen, he is attractive, and I don't. I I, mean I don't that find him people, attractive at all. Okay, I think he's like porn hot. Like he's just. He looks like Macklemore. Okay, well, now that you said that, you've immediately ruined him for me for the rest of my life because he actually does kind of look like Macklemore, and I'm just putting that together. <laughs> He's going to the thrift shop. Oh, my God. Remember thrift shop? Okay. Yes. Remember thrift shop? Remember when Macklemore wrote the song about not being gay? When I was 15, was okay I, I thought that I was gay. <laughs> my mom was like, you loved girls since you were in second grade. <laughs> That was the craziest line. That was the craziest thing to do a rap about, like thinking you're gay, but actually just kidding. You're not. Um. So, yes, unfortunately, he does look like Macklemore, but he is just attractive to me. But he also he like is open about playing girls. He was like, I don't know if the girls know this, but I'm pursuing all of them at this point. He reads the game. He reads the game. Fuck. He does. He reads the game. He does. He reads the game. How He's a pickup artist. Up. He's a pickup artist. He basically is making this girl, Jessica, like chase him and she can't believe it. And she honestly, to her credit, is like, okay, this guy is like making me chase him. And like, that just doesn't happen with me. Like, she knows what's going on and why it's like messing with her. He also, like, in my head, I was also like, are you straight? But I know. But maybe he is. It's interesting. So there's like an opposite thing happening where Luke has gone through like pretty much every girl in the franchise ever. And it's like, the, like you said, like they're all like, oh, my God, he's so hot and they're into him. And then when he talks for more than an hour straight, they're like, actually, I'm disgusted by you. Please don't ever talk to me again. And they friend zone him. Sierra, like literally went on like three dates with Austin and acts like they were a married couple. And you forget that she like actually came onto the franchise through Luke, through a relationship with Luke. And like on Watch What Happens Live, someone was like, who's the better kisser, Austin or Luke? And she's like, Austin. And they're like, who's yeah. better in bed, Austin and Luke? And she's like, oh my God, Austin. I was yeah. like, holy shit, do you not like this guy? Well, I hope that doesn't happen with Ashley Bolch Darby from Potomac mm-hmm. because yes. there is a rumor of her being with Luke. And I do think he's so much they better. They just went to a at, game together. She's, he's at least so much better than Michael that I'm like, please just go with this. Like, I'm sorry. I think he's using her as a rehabilitation tool. Yes, he is. And that's fine. People use each other. She needs, um, yeah, I'm sure they like also probably like have great sex because they're both really hot people. But I mean, even though it sounds like via Sierra that that may be not be one of his strengths. Well, he's definitely going to be better at it than fucking Michael Darby. So, <laughs> so disgusting. The opposite thing. Actually talking about how she like needed sex with Michael Darby was like a dark no. part of this nation's history. I'm like, you're fucking with us. Like you want us <laughs> to throw up. She want it's like fear factor. She's like, doing a fear factor game on us. I'm like, I don't want to throw up. I don't want to eat insects. I don't want that. Like, stop. And she's like, so how we have sex when I'm pregnant? I'm like, actually. (laughs) She knows. And she does that mischievous smile. I'm like, stop trying to make me barf at your relationship. Like, I don't get that. But um, then the opposite thing is happening with Corey, where everyone first met him and he got no attention. Everyone was like, why is he dressed like Macklemore? It's like he's like neck down from 1999. But then slowly everyone's been like, wait, do I have a crush on Corey? Like, no, wait, do I have a crush on Corey? Like, wait, do I? And it's because he like does this weird thing where he's like, you look so hot tonight, whatever. And then he's like, what? I don't want to fuck you. Bye. And they're like, wait, I'm she was so like, confused. we should wait to have sex. He's like, oh, I don't want to have sex with you. I literally was like, wow, this that it's a confusion hit. game. It's a confusion yeah. game, which I'm like, do I need to start playing that? I'm so bad at playing those games. I've never I don't know how never to play in that. My life. And I never will. 
I know I made a whole thing on the podcast about how I was going to like play hard to get and that's what you're supposed to do. Never been We've able to do it. We've had too many episodes. I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> I failed and I'll never succeed at that as it turns out. Just not my style. But maybe I really should try it. Watching his success was darkly inspiring. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because we mentioned Potomac, I do want to talk about the clip that I sent you today. Okay, but can I also just say one last thing about Winter House, which is it's so sad and it's actually devastating to me. First of all, I'm so excited for when they're going to bring they keep bringing more characters to the house. They're going to bring um, Lindsay and Carl back to the house. Oh, my gosh. Because obviously, like the Toms are just old. I'm like, just you have nothing to offer. Like if you're not going to hook up with people and cheat on your like half separated wife, then just leave. <laughs> like you don't need to be here. But I'm so confused and devastated by why is Jason not the most in-demand person at the house? Like, I'm, he's the only one I, 
I find attractive. He cooks, he cleans. He's the only adult. He's the only adult. I don't he's get the it. only one when you think about it who hasn't brought some darkness. Like he's just truly like a hot, nice guy who wants to like meet a girl. And he doesn't even care when when Jessica is like she was came there with him and there was a flirtation and then she like moved on and was with someone else. He was like, OK, <laughs> like, yeah, he's just not like he's not aggro like these other guys. Exactly. I know. I mean, I think him and Rachel's thing is really cute. Um, she's also the new girl. She was Kyle and Amanda's florist who saved the day. And she just has like very cool girl energy. She, That's cute. But like speed it up. Like, why are they speed just like, it up? Ki- and like they kiss once every episode. Like, come on. This it also feels like his relationship with Lindsay where it's like, OK, you guys were pushed together. Like Rachel yeah, and totally. Jason were pushed together. It just it feels a little bit like a setup, which whatever all these you know, Paige and Craig seem like a setup. Literally, Paige, when she was interviewed about her relationship with Craig, said, like, it just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're the lead of two shows on the Bravo network. It makes me kind of sad because her ex was, like, so hot. And I know that they didn't work out and they shouldn't be together. But he was, like, this really hot, much older guy who owned, like, this chain of restaurants. And he, like, donated all these all this food to first responders during COVID. And I just feel like that's the type of person she should be with. But I don't know. Paige. Yeah, we want better for her, but we also, you know, there's a part. There's a part of me that does root for Craig. Oh, I almost call him Austin. Craig, I don't really root for Austin. Austin, no, too. no one should root for Austin. I know. Like Craig needs to change if he wants to deserve Paige. That's all I'll say. I think they both need sobriety, not Paige, but Austin Craig and, and Craig. Austin and Shep. Oh, Shep. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Guess what I saw on Rye the other day? Shep. No, the first time I watched Southern Charm, I pointed to Whitney and said, "Those are the, that's the kind of guy that I see on Raya. And sure and enough, you saw him on there this week. I saw him on Raya and I thought, Whitney, we both know you don't want to be here, man. I miss who else have you seen on there? I miss it. I haven't been on there in ages. There's a few guys. You know how you like keep seeing like the same mix of people. And there's a, so many of them that I've like said yes to that I keep seeing. And it's like at this point, I'm angry at all like four of them because I'm like, I yes. said I fucking liked you. Yes. You've seen me how many times? How many times are you going to say no to me? No, I know. I, I remember distinctly years ago when I first went on. I think it was Bumble. And I had seen this really hot guy from my college on there. And then I and I swiped right immediately. And then I saw him again. And I turned to my coworker and I was like, Wait, so if I'm seeing him again, does that mean like he must have said no to me? The, and she goes, phone broken. Yeah. And I go, God damn it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was, I was so mad. I was like, wait, come on. Give me some hope. But there's no hope. I literally used like the Raya like fifty nine dollars a month like app selection so I could find this guy in a specific neighborhood who I had met and had a crush on only to you like him. To. That money went in the wood chipper because he did not like me back no but you learned and famously education is expensive so (laughs) what are you gonna do and yes exactly that is a huge problem right now but (laughs) i am excited for bachelor in paradise it it seems like they're gonna keep there's only two more weeks of it left and it seems like it's gonna continue to be spicy can't wait for the reunion holy toledo Wait, so there's tomorrow and then there's the reunion or there's tomorrow and then there's next week. It's next week. Okay. By the way, when Aaron did that thing to Genevieve where he was like, I know I told you I loved you, but the truth is, I was like, do you not understand the person you're dating? Like, you need to be careful, my friend. Like, she could have completely lost her shit. 
But um, but she didn't. She literally almost said, she's like, I just want to, okay, go ahead. Just finish, just finish. <laughs> and she was like, I was shaking. I'm like, you are, she's unstable. She's just, she is unstable from one to another. They're all unstable though. Like they're all having like the Lord of the Flies syndrome and all that stuff. Like, yes. because they're, the way they're sobbing, I thought there was going to be a major... I don't know. Someone gets Ebola or they something. Find out that and- like Casey hasn't walked yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you guys, Casey, Casey is paralyzed. Still has- Remember when Casey fell? He still isn't walking. He's still in the local hospital, and they actually gave him a transplant, and it hasn't taken. No, but but what they were all sobbing over is that like Rodney got broken up with, and yeah. they were like, "We're just so sad because he." he loved that girl so much and nobody deserves love more than him and he and it's again i'm like guys how many people have you met though like there's a lot of people who deserve love and i think rodney seems nice but a lot of people are nice (laughs) at one point rodney's like i just feel embarrassed and genevieve is crying (laughs) like it's the end of a movie she's like no 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 no, don't you feel bad about anything no and Kate, who, again, I, I truly do feel bad for her because the internet, which the corners of the internet that I'm looking in, that I know they're looking in, are tearing her apart, is, like, crying so hard. It's just... It's really... It was like that scene from um from Midsummer where, like, yes, the women was. are all surrounding her, like, screaming, crying, and, like, it's just really... It's confusing, but... Yeah, I'm along for the ride. You could say that. You could say I watch every single episode the second it becomes available to me on Hulu. And you could say I'm actually almost done with buying Beverly Hills. It's been up for a oh, matter of that? days. I heard that Mauricio was getting heat on it on Twitter because he's not giving Rick Hilton enough credit. I don't I, I struggle to understand like the whole dynamics of that right. family. I know that Mauricio is a Trump supporter and that does make me sad. Yes. I saw who he follows on Instagram. That's sad. Yeah. Who, did you know he was a Trump supporter? Like, how did we find this out? I just know I found out from from podcast. Like, I think bitch. Sesh got or something. it. Got it. But but he's still he is so hot. I root for the Umanskis anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am and, team Umanski at the agency. And you know what? Like, it's just the most comforting. Nothing. The most comforting. Yeah. Nothing. It's just air. It's so funny. Farah, her oldest daughter, has made herself, gave herself the Bella Hadid complex where because of plastic surgery, she's made herself look approximately 100 years old. Yes. With a- she's our <laughs> age. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> you look so much older just in terms of like filler and I don't even know what she's done, but it's impressive. It's really weird. Also, it's so weird how Farah and Alexia both have Kyle Richards voice and I constantly yes. am like wait what's happening I thought I was watching buying Beverly Hills now I'm watching Real Housewives Beverly Hills I'm on episode seven of eight and if they don't show me Kyle at least once before this is done I don't think they will I am suing Netflix they need to show <laughs> me her I need to know what she's up to and what she thinks about all this we will talk next week with more updates on the ladies of Potomac the beaches of paradise the houses in winter all of it Love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. True romance. It's so romantic. Love me, baby. Don't. I want true
I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 